Welcome to Design Much with Andy and Patrick. Andy, uh, so we're locked in a room here. Are you ready to record this podcast? Yes, cage match style. Cage match? Yes. Yeah. They put up they put up sound things on the wall. Did you see that? Oh, they did. Some of them are diagonal and some of them are straight. I don't know why. <laughs> well, you sound great, Patrick. <laughs> well, what's our topic today, Andy? All right, let's let's find out because I don't know what our topic is going to be I don't know today. either, man. I'm nervous. <laughs> let's look at our large list of topics here. Do a random number generator, and I'm going to go ahead and do that right now. There's 4,200 <laughs> 4, topics. 4,200, yeah. Yeah, we have a lot to do. So um, we got... Another Ooh. question from Ooh. friend of the show, Allison Zubal. Again? With yep. the Zubal? How many Another questions is she? Another one from her. <sighs> she gave us too many questions. Her question is, how to communicate with your devs and QAs to fix design problems? Ooh. This is a toughie, dude. This is kind of tough. First, you have to learn how to communicate <laughs> yeah. to, to Just communicate people. in general. <laughs> 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 Just uh, use words. <laughs> please see first um, and second grade of elementary school yeah <laughs> uh how to communicate with your devs and qas to fix design problems so we're not looking specifically at how to how to communicate with devs and qas that's a whole different yeah that's a whole different podcast probably for a different day which i think we did didn't we do one with neil oler once yeah we did it was a great devs? one so you should go check that one out andy you should yeah. go check out the neil oler one um um, I can't remember what number it is. Maybe, maybe I'm going to pull that up. Maybe um, you can look it up in Spotify because remember you fixed all of our Spotify episodes. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, so they're all available. All of our <laughs> episodes are available on Spotify <laughs> after like a Party year of on. waiting. <laughs> Turns out you have to name things correctly, right? Yeah. Andy? Yeah. But if you want to learn more about building a great relationship with engineers, with developers, with, um, not exactly QA. We didn't talk about them, but um, <clears throat> please see episode ten of the Design Much episode podcast. Ten, man, that's ages ago. It was March eighth, ages ago. Yeah, with old Neil. Yeah, that was over a year ago. Yeah, it's a long time. So, so listen to that. Pause right now. Go <laughs> listen to that one, then come back to this one. Uh, so you're not. So it's like spoilers. Is there spoilers in that one? Probably for this episode. There's spoilers in an episode <laughs> <Yeah>. a year ago. <laughs> uh, for this episode. Uh, no, but how do you how do you communicate with devs and QAs to fix design problems, Andy? So do you I, have any techniques? I think we need to go into like what what the design problems means. If that means like after you've designed something, you've built it, or they've built it, you didn't build it because you don't know how to code because you're a designer. Yeah. Um. So you, they built it, and then you come <laughs> That's back. That's a whole other topic for. <laughs> Adding it to the list. <laughs> 2016 call. They want their topic back. Yeah. <laughs> um, so is that referring to like <laughs> um, after you know your your engineers, your developers have built something you've designed, and then you're looking at it and you're saying, okay, there's some there's some you know small tweaks I need to make to this, or is it referring to oh I'm looking at the application and I see something that's wrong, and mm-hmm. how do I communicate what to fix? Yeah, there's two there's two different things there, right? Yeah, in my mind, um, I'm going to assume because I'm a designer, I'm great at assuming things. <laughs> that she is referring to something that um, you've built together as a team and they are, because you know it's including QA here, 
and they are going through QA of this this thing that's been built. And how do you mm-hmm. communicate? Like, what what is wrong with the design? Yeah, um, that's what I would go with because I think that's mostly where we run into that situation. Yeah, exactly. Um, so what I'm going to say, like, just jumping into this, um, this isn't the easiest thing to do, <laughs> no. <laughs> especially because like they have taken so long to like you know you know build this thing that's awesome. They've you mm-hmm. know they went in their basement and it's really dark and they coded this out, um, and and now it's like it's functioning hopefully, and you might see like some small design tweaks that mm-hmm. need to be made. Um, what we have done as a team, which I think has been pretty, pretty great. Yeah. You've, you've developed some kind of, you've developed a nice process. I think. <laughs> yeah. That's why I'm glad. I'm glad you're here for this topic. Cause yeah. I think, I think you're good. I think you have good experience on this one. Um, cause I've had to learn this lesson the hard way sometimes. Like mm-hmm. we've actually shipped things that I didn't look at, you know? Um, so, um, what we've done as a team is we've kind of established working agreements depending on the release sizes if it's a really big release um what we'll do is once it's being built and it's in qa i will actually go as a designer and also test everything out i'll test everything like in terms of the way it looks how it functions and i will make myself some tickets for design tweaks um if i find anything for bugs i'll also let the qa know um, but QA is typically looking for like, how does this work? And they'll look at the acceptance criteria and they'll be saying, you know, does this work the way it's supposed to? But they're not always looking for like, oh, this is, you know, five pixels off. This is, you know, misaligned with something else or um, the color is wrong <clears throat> or the text isn't the right text, you know, something mm-hmm. like that. So they're not always looking for the way it looks. They're looking for how it functions. So as, as a designer, I take the time and do my own like sort of design QA and I'll, we use Jira here. I'll create a ticket. It's called like a UX pass off. Um, so I'll, I'll go hmm. through everything and I will um, try to find any tweaks. And if I do, I'll, I'll create small tickets for those. So I'll just go over and talk to the devs and they'll say like, okay, here's some, some small tweaks that need to be made. And um, I'll also decide like what can be pushed to later? What can we do right now before we ship this thing? And once I've done my UX sign off, then we're we're finally good to release. So we can't release anything until um, I have gone through and seen any tweaks that need to be made. And also QA has gone through and, you know, found the problems that need to be fixed there as well. Yeah. So when you, when you, before, like, it's like their, their Jira ticket is done or whatever, whatever you're using, right? Their system. Yeah. So their thing is done and then you're notified or how, how does that, like, how do you, how do you become aware of that? Um, we, we don't have a great notification system of how I become aware. <laughs> Basically, I just, I just pay attention that QA is testing something, okay. especially like if it's a small release, I'll, I'll look and play with it, but it's not like a huge, like I'm not a blocker for yeah. a small release, but if it's a big release, um, QA is talking about all the things with their devs so I can see what's going on and I'll say, and then I'll ask them where do I need to start testing this and what environment if it's like in, uh, you know, our testing stage or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll ask them about that and I'll just go in and say, I'm going to start, you know, testing this and I'll create a UX sign off ticket. Yeah. So you're being more proactive. You're kind of waiting for the jump rope Yeah. for you to jump into the rope, right? Exactly. Kind of trying to figure it out. Yeah. And I um, think it's important to like, to have this defined as a team before you do anything. Yeah. Like you said, the working agreement. Yeah. It should thing. be an expectation. Um, otherwise, you know, they've built this thing and then you come as a designer and be like, okay, you need to change this, 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 and this. And you, it's not like a, a great relationship there. But yeah. if they understand beforehand, this is how it's going to go. Um, and this is why it's important. 
um, then they're a lot more open and they'll also like ask you questions along the way. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's the key, right? I think that's the key to the whole entire, uh, how do you communicate with QA and, and, and developers for design problems is, yeah, making sure that everybody where there's always going to be design problems mm-hmm. from the beginning and then having a, having a, having a communication path after that, right? Which is what you've developed when you, when you do, so you, you go in, you QA or you look at the, you look at the UI, look at the problems. Um, and then you just do, you, you just do screenshots or how do you, how do you actually communicate what the, what the issue is with the, with the developer? Yeah. So it depends on the size. Um, <clears throat> if it's, if it's something that's really small, I can make just a small list and it's very easy to understand. I could just make a list of it and just say, here's a change. I'll either make a ticket or I'll just send them a list in, in Slack or something. Um, if it's a little bit bigger and I need to kind of explain what it is and I will take a screenshot or I'll, you know, create a video or something oh, okay. um, and attach that to the ticket. Okay. Um, so they can get better context to what's going on there. Yeah. Yeah. So sometimes it's just like a comment. It's like, Hey, that icon's dark, uh, was a cool gray. Yeah. It needs to be monsoon. Yeah. It's like, Oh, okay. And then other times it's more of an explanation or like, mm-hmm. this doesn't look right at all. Like I got to fix it. Do you ever just like flip around? I mean, we, we sit with our developers. So that's nice. We don't, we're not totally remote or anything. Um, we work kind of all at the same time. Do you ever just flip around and talk to them about stuff or? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Sometimes? And, um, I think my developers appreciate that because <laughs> they can, I think we'll have to ask them, um, because they can just get something done and they're always really great at just going, okay, I can make that quick change Yeah. versus I have to go through a huge list of things and do it. So they could just do it really quick. Yeah. Um, usually depends on the size of the thing, but, um, yeah, that's basically how I go about doing that. Um, and one thing I need to work on, <laughs> I always mess this up. In fact, I just barely did, um, is with QAs. Sometimes I'll be you know, talking to the developer, like we need to make this small change, but I won't, no, I forget yeah, to yeah, let the yeah. QA know that we made this small change. And um, it might be a design <clears throat> change. Sometimes it's even a functional change. We're just deciding together. It could be really small. Like we'll have you know, this icon right here versus another icon or something. And then the QA is going through looking at you know, the mocks. And then they're looking at the final build and they're saying, well, there's a difference here. Yeah. And we had decided, me and the developer have decided to make that change. <laughs> but I always often forget to tell the QA that we made that change. So that's something I need to work on. Yeah, I was always bad at that too. I'm still bad at that. Like, because you, you just turn around and you just talk to each other. And then, you know, maybe QA is gone or yeah. they're doing something else. And then, like, three days later, they're going back and looking at those tickets. And if you didn't create like a UX ticket mm-hmm. and you didn't attach a new screenshot or you didn't explain it in there, yeah. then they're just like, hey, you didn't fix this. And then sometimes I, I remember having one that got, it was like a year ago, got the the release got held up because nobody communicated that. <laughs> wow. So yeah, she didn't she didn't think she it was ready to be released yet. And then it was like three or four days. And then it was like, oh no, no, that's totally fine. That's, ex- that's acceptable. Um, and then it went through. Yeah. Uh, have you ever had any contention or anything when going through that stuff? Like you're like, this is, this is, this is 12 pixels, not 16. And they're like, well, I did it for this reason and blah, blah, blah. Like, is, has there any been any conflict with that? Um, I haven't really run into that actually. Um, we work with great developers here at Canopy. So, <laughs> and a lot of them don't really like, they don't really argue about design typically, you know, like they'll say like, yeah, you, you designed it. Um, so I, I haven't run into that yeah. problem. Um, but have you run into that problem? Um, well, I think I have, but okay. I'm sometimes I'm kind of a dick too. <laughs> and then also, I don't have the working agreements like 
you did. Uh-huh. Like, I don't think I've done that in the past. But um, I think most of the time when I've run into that situation where it's like it's, it gets awkward, it's mostly, I think, around stuff that they they made a decision to change something because of a reason. Like, there's usually a reason. Yeah. And I think a lot of times, um, you know, in the past, either I wasn't, I, I wasn't asking the right questions. Like, I was just being like, dude, move that over 16 pixels or whatever. You know, fix that, move that over. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, look at this guy telling me what to do. Blah, blah, blah. And there's like a conflict there. Yeah. Or it's like, uh, so I kind of learned to ask like why. Um, because then it was then it was either if they, because like if they just missed it in the design and didn't see it, mm-hmm. then they, they'd be like, oh, I just missed that. I didn't see that. Okay, let me fix it real quick. Um, you know, I would just be like, hey, uh, why, why is that not 24 pixels or whatever, like the mock or whatever? And they'd be like, oh. And if there's a reason, then they would tell me the reason. Mm-hmm. And then I'd be like, oh, okay, yeah, that's totally fine. And then we can come to the conclusion that, oh, yeah, leave it that way. Yeah. Um, and then let's make sure we tell QA. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I'd, I've never had too much conflict. I know as a designer I've always been scared. A little nervous. I'm sure. I'm sure there's people listening to the podcast right now who feel the same way. Like I designed something, I gave it to engineering, it came back, it doesn't look anything, it, it doesn't look like what I designed. Like how do I approach that? Yeah. I think, uh, like to your point, I think planning ahead for that is the best way to do it. But I think there are times where you're not, you're like you don't have time to plan ahead, or yeah, you, you're working with a different team or something mm-hmm. like that, or a different developer. Or you have a new developer to join the team that doesn't understand. And so I feel like when that happens, the, the, like my pro tip is just speak up, just like actually speak up. Don't, don't, uh, shy away from that. Cause I know I've worked at other places too, where it was like, it was really hard to do stuff like that with the engineering team. Um, they didn't, they didn't want to do that or it was built, it was done or whatever. And so there was some conflict and I know some designers probably, have more of a conflicted relationship with their developers. Yeah. Um, so I would say just don't shy away, like speak up, even if it's pixel perfection, that's where I get, that's where I get lazy as a designer. Cause I'm like, Oh, well he, they didn't, they didn't build it the right way, but it, it looks okay. You know, and then you <laughs> kind of let it slide. Yeah. And I think there's two, I think there's two problems with that. Uh, I think one is, one problem is is you're setting a precedent that that's okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then three times later when you come back and say, hey, can you fix that? They're like, well, this guy never, like, he's never asked me to fix any of that stuff. Like, you know what I mean? There's like a precedent that you've already set. Um, so having that precedent of what you care about, what you don't care about, I think, again, probably goes back to the working agreement. But that's also like a learned thing, right? Yeah. People learn that in in your relationship. They're like, oh, yeah, I can get away with this or I can do this or I don't need to worry about being so critical on the border radius or something like that. Um, the other the other problem is is it it's harder to correct after it's been released, right? Yeah, exactly. I think that's the big key here is once it's released, it's harder to go back because then you got to get PMs involved and then you got to prioritize and you got to come up with another Jira ticket. And then again, because it was your mistake and you didn't catch it, you didn't, you know, you didn't QA and communicate it for whatever reason, whether you're being, you know, you, you were kind of nervous to share or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Now you got to go back through the process a lot of times. Yeah, that's way worse. Cause and that's terrible. You've already moved on to the next thing as a team. So you have yeah. to stop that and go back. 
Well, and then and then you get the then you get the well, what's the user goal for this? And you're like, well, it just needs to be fixed because it's design. And they're like, oh, designer's being a designer and wants to just <laughs> like be pixel perfect and blah 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 blah. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's a lot harder to argue a case when you're coming back, you know, three months later. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's just a lot more difficult to yeah. deal with. I like what you're saying, like especially like it also makes me think of the times if you like if you don't speak up. Let's say the developer has made a decision and it could be big or small, but if you don't mm-hmm. speak up, that was still like a design. So that comes back to you. So if yeah. somebody else sees that <laughs> and they're like, who did this? Like, <laughs> it's not the developer's fault. Like they yeah. may have done it, but you didn't say it was wrong or anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it comes back to you um, for, for the one who had made that, that potentially terrible decision. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well you own, I mean, as the designer of the product, you don't own, I mean, we've talked about this a lot. Like mm-hmm. you don't own, the mock-up that's not where it stops with your job exactly like you know you don't own the mock-up you own the actual product right yeah the experience that they're going through if you're an industrial designer and you design a sweet pair of headphones for skull candy or whatever and then it went into manufacturing and then it comes out of manufacturing they're they're you know they're printing like hundreds of thousands of these and putting them in the store Mm -hmm. and like the thing's crooked and everything's wrong like that's the designer's fault yeah that's not the manufacturer's fault Right. They got the plans to build it that way. So um, that's on you. And I think the same way I think we well, almost lost my mic. I think we uh, we do that. I think sometimes we scapegoat engineers that way and we try to blame engineers when I don't think it's I don't don't think it's their fault. No, totally. And yeah, again, that could be something they missed. Could be something they thought was important. They wanted to add. Yeah. Um, But yeah, who knows what research went into that decision if they might have sat there and thought about it for a while who knows but and it could be a great thing that you didn't think about that they just thought about during build phase um or it could be something that Mm -hmm. that shouldn't be there yeah so i really like what you said though establishing especially if you're new to if you're new to working with developers um any kind of developers i think it's i think it's a really good idea to sit down and and do that Mm -hmm. like create some kind of working agreement for the handoff phase yeah like that, that would even go down to what tools you use, what people like to, you know, however the handoff's going to work, and then some kind of process of uh, fixing those things. Mm-hmm. And you can approach it as like, not I'm not saying this is going to happen. Like at the very beginning, like I'm not saying you're a bad developer because that's not the case. I'm um, yeah. just saying when these issues pop up, because you know, I don't, I think, I think a lot of times. Um, you know, designers, we 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 go. Well, they're just going to cut. They're going to cut a corner. Or they're going to do something, you know, try to save time or yeah. whatever. I don't. I don't honestly think that's the case. I think that's our excuse. But I think the case is they they're building a lot of stuff, and and it's complex. Yeah, I think we do the same thing. Like we <clears throat> we have this design. We think it's the awesomest design. We're like, this is great. This is going to solve so many <laughs> problems. But then you could have like QA look at it for five minutes and be like. Where's the empty state? Like, yeah, yeah. And you're like, oh, yeah. Where's your hover states, bro? <laughs> yeah. so, What's I mean, the hover color? The what happens thing. when it airs out? What happens? There's like a there's like ten thousand other questions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean, um, just like designers, developers are not perfect, and they're going to have mistakes. Sometimes they'll put something in. They might forget that they did it. They might forget why they did it. Um, but it's just it's on you to own that, as you said. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why, I mean, that's why we have QA. That's why we work with QA. I know some companies don't have QA and like their devs QA their own work or whatever, but I still think there needs to be that design, just like a quick design check. Yeah. Just look at it and make sure it all functions right. 
and it's, it's good for all parties. I think if you explain to your developers, like if you have to make a case for this, for why you need to be kind of a, a little bit of a stop gap before stop gap <laughs> before releasing <laughs> is like, you don't have to come back and fix something after you release, just like what you were saying. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's a good thing to make sure it's right when you release it. Um, even yep. for the, the small moving things around just a couple pixels, it's important to have good quality so you don't have to go back and fix it yeah. later on. And I think having that open, that that communication, that collaboration, and having it outlined so everybody knows what's expected, uh, in turn then starts to build that trust. Yeah. Right? You, you would think opposite. You'd think like, oh, well, because, you know, this person's not building anything right or whatever, you know, like. But I, I think it totally builds trust. I think it, I think it, I think that's how you build a relationship with your developers. I, I think that goes back to the, to the Neil episode too. We are talking about, like it's a lot easier to talk to people if you kind of know them a little bit mm-hmm. and you know their personalities. Cause I know some people, you know, like I've worked with uh, people on my teams that if I talk to them in this particular way, it works better than if I talk to them in this way. Like, you know, if I buy so-and-so a Butterfinger, um, you know, he's more willing to like talk to me about a, about a problem versus, you know, another person that doesn't care about that. Right. Yeah. So it also comes down to like knowing them and understanding, um, Underst- how to, how to approach them and how to talk to them and understanding stuff. what sort of candy bar is their yeah. favorite, like which one's their favorite. Mm-hmm. That's really what kind important. of food they like. Yeah. What kind of drink? Do they like sh- shoulder massages? Which I don't know if you could do in the workplace. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, be very uh, <laughs> careful with those ones. <laughs> but yeah, like you get to know you get to, like some people you can joke around with, and some people you can't joke around with. Yeah. Um, you know, some people you can turn around with like. Dude, Neil, you freaking messed up again, you jerk. And then he'll be like, oh, what do I do now? Blah, blah, blah. And then you have a little exchange, and then it gets taken care of because that's the relationship you have. Versus if you said that to somebody <laughs> else, you know, if you said that to, uh, like, uh, you know, Jenna, I don't know, I'm just making up a name okay. here. If you said that, to, like, they'd be like, what? Freaking jerk? Yeah. Why does he talk to me like that all the time? He's not funny. You know, that kind of thing. So you got you to understand that a little bit, I think, too. Is, is that the relationship you're looking for? Like, I want to be able to call somebody a jerk because they messed up and it's fun. That's yeah, yeah. You like the insult uh-huh. back and forth. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, you, you got you to know what kind of relationship you have, right? So you know you can, you can be like, because some people might actually respond to that better than other people. That's true, yeah. It goes back to the, it goes back to the influence thing, right? Like, you got to know kind of as a designer, I think you have to know how you can influence other people, mm-hmm. especially on a team, a cross-functional team. Like how do you influence people? Do you influence people by like your design or do you influence people by your, uh, by the way you talk or, you know, whatever, and then figure out how you can actually, because some people are as different than others. Yeah. Like you, some people you can just turn around and talk to them directly and then other people you have to send them a Slack message, mm-hmm. you know? And then other people, they need a Jira ticket. And then other people, like, don't want any of that, you know? So it's you have to kind of figure that out, too. Oh, that's true. And all of our, our listeners are taking note how, how to communicate with Patrick right now. <laughs> You're any, any way possible. <laughs> Some stranger come up. Hey, I love your podcast, you jerk. <laughs> your podcast sucks, you asshole. I'd be like, sweet. Yeah. Did you, did you buy a shirt yet? <laughs> I, I do I do uh, feel like um, have you ever been to like a no effects show 
I I don't know what that is. No yeah, effects. No, show? no effects. No, it's a punk rock band been around forever. Okay, yeah, that's. I don't uh, when you go to a show, you know they 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 like when you yell at them and tell them how bad they suck. It's fun. Okay, I'm more like that. I think that's a good, that's a good working relationship. <laughs> good to know. <laughs> I don't I don't think I tell you that you suck enough, Patrick. No, you don't. I'm and learning I, a lot. I think today. I think that's bad. I don't think we're very good friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> If you just tell me the podcast sucks, your voice is horrible, then I'd feel like at least you appreciate what I'm trying to, gotcha. I'm trying to throw this down. Is, this is very helpful for me. <laughs> <laughs> You'll finally start answering my text, texts. Yeah. I keep complimenting you, telling you how, how good your hair looks today. Yeah, I don't, I don't. You never write back. Yeah, I know that's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> Compliments are just lies, dude. Yeah. <laughs> uh, any other pro tips? Is that pretty much it? I mean, it'd be nice to know what other people do. You know, like if you want to jump in and leave a comment or something, like that'd be great. But yeah, let us know what what other you know, like if you're out there listening to this, let us know what you're doing. Yeah, it would be really great to know, and we'd like to bring it back on the show and talk about it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, please please reach out if you have other tips that have worked for you or things that have not worked for you that you've tried. <laughs> yeah, be good to learn um, what's what's working and what's not. Um, so yeah, definitely um, hit us up. Any other pro tips, Andy? Uh, working? I, I don't have any other pro tips. Yeah. No. Yeah. Nothing. No. Any yeah. any life pro tips? <laughs> life pro tips. Yeah. Oh okay. Jeopardy. <laughs> Do you have any insight? Do you have any Yoda-like insight for the rest of us? Oh, man. Yoda-like insight. Just, just is, struggling through civilization of, day in and day out? Um, you know, it can really help. And the after is the first thing that's popping into my head right now. <laughs> we have a lot of Starbursts here in the office. <laughs> if, if, you're, it's, it's, if it's the afternoon and you're tired, have a lot of those. Have and a it, lot of Starbursts? Yes. By <laughs> like a lot? Like like maybe, like, maybe like five. Five? Yeah. Mm. Um, so I was thinking like ten. You are thinking ten. Five um, would be adequate. The pink ones and the red ones. Pink and red. You don't do the orange or yellow. I, I do them, but I I prefer the pink and the red the pink most. And the red. Like it's a it's a treat. Like I'm like excited. Okay, I got mm-hmm. a pink one next, but after that it might be an uh, <laughs> an orange one. That's fine. <laughs> but there's a red one coming right after. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. No, that's what I, I usually go pink or yellow. Really yellow. Yeah. I like wow. them all, but I'll if I reach in, like I'll just reach in and grab a handful. But yeah. I don't really care. Yeah, I don't either. Yeah, it's all, them all. It's all pretty great. But yellow is probably my least favorite of all. Really? Of them if I have yeah? to choose, yeah. Wow, it says a lot about who you are. Does it? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, <laughs> did you notice the the? Uh, this is super interesting for everybody listening right now. But the the high chews, the high chew jar. Uh huh. Do you notice it's always three fourths full of apple? Uh, that's very obvious as to why, because yeah. they're not that great. Our apples are not that good. I like the apples. You like the apples. I just can't eat as many to keep up with everyone else eating the grapes and the other things, the mangoes. The mangoes are the gross ones, dude. Really? Yeah. I get the strawberries. I get why people eat the strawberries. Oh, those, those are, are wonderful. Yeah, yeah. Those, are number, those are number one, definitely. But do you, because we buy all of our food at Costco, right? Like every other company does. Yeah. <laughs> um, the variety pack, this is something we should talk about for just a second. <laughs> The variety pack, is that just not a way to get rid of all the crap that that they can't get rid of normally? Yeah, they just 
they just like, oh man, no one's buying these apples. Let's just throw yeah, them yeah, in yeah. there. Let's just put them in a variety pack, put them at Costco. <laughs> somebody will eat them. But then nobody even eats them down here. Yeah. So they're just offloading the problem <clears throat> to somebody else. <laughs> Our jar eventually will just be 100% full of apple. Yeah. You'll not be able to put anything else in there. <laughs> well, it's like when you go buy, when you go to Costco or you go to any of those places and you buy like the variety pack of cookies. Yeah. There's always the one sleeve of cookies that's oatmeal raisin. And you're like, Nobody's gonna eat that shit, man. Nobody. That stuff is horrible. Andy might eat a couple. Andy might eat a couple. I like the oatmeal raisin. You like the oatmeal raisin? Okay, you're one. You're one out of one out of eight. Exactly. I say that's my statistical analysis. Is one out of every eight people in America (laughs) like uh, oatmeal raisin cookie? Okay. Yeah. There's there's two types of people in this world. (laughs) No, I think, but it's really good to be the minority of something that you like. That's the best ever. Yeah. Like, because then you're the only one that eats it. Like, in my family, for example, mm, like, it's a good point. If you, uh, what is it in my family? It used to be gummy worms that nobody else liked as much, but now my <laughs> kids are liking gummy worms more. So oh, that's not, a, not an example anymore. Yeah, but nobody should like gummy worms. Don't say that. Everybody. <laughs> I'm actually just trying to get it. under your skin. I'm just trying to get under your skin, Andy. If nobody likes gummy worms, then I'm, they're all for me then. So I'm yeah. actually cool with that. Well, that's true. That's like with the apple high chews. I never have a problem with finding an apple high chew. Yeah, you're set for months of There's apple There's a ton high of chews. them. <laughs> oh, big shout out to Tim Hansen if he's listening. Uh, I remember when I first started at Canopy, he choked. He choked <laughs> on high chew. And uh, not, we just stood there. The rest of us, like a bunch of idiots, <laughs> just stood there. He's choking on Oh, poor guy! And I feel so bad. He's 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 doing well. He's alive. He's, he's well. He 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 fixed his problem. Um, what what flavor was it? Do you happen to know? I I assume it was apple, but it's got to be it's got to be apple. Yeah. Maybe that's why people don't like apples. Yeah. But yeah, big shout out to Tim, old Tim Hansen. He uh, it's an urban legend around here. Don't yeah yeah. Everybody's like everybody's like remember Tim Hansen. <laughs> Hashtag never forget. <laughs> Um, no, he was no poor guy. We just stood around. Me and a couple of us were just like, "Whoa, whoa what's happening?" <laughs> but I'll have you know, Tim, they did CPR training here yesterday. Yeah, actually, in the and, office. And you, you have still not gotten. Certified. I did not attend because I do not want to hold people's lives in my hands. Yeah, I, I don't want any business doing that. <laughs> you know, if you see your friends choking, you go the other way. Dude, I go find the dude who's CPR certified. <laughs> It's my job. See, my job is to notice who was in that class yesterday. That's a good point. So I, I took note of everybody in that class yesterday mm-hmm. so that when somebody chokes on a high chew again in the office, I can go run and get one of them. And those are all good people. So it would be good to know because I, I mm-hmm. wasn't there. I'll admit that. I wasn't yeah. there. Um, it would be good to know who those people are. Yep. Would you ever want like to hold somebody else's life in your hands? No, I can't. And be able I to make that decision? I can't do it. I could never be a doctor. Um I could never be like those those people that do negotiations like for the police. Like, that's the like worst job. Negotiation? Yeah. That's, a, that's a horrible job. And I wonder what their success dude, you just, is. You just get up there and sink third eye blind, man. That's all you do. <laughs> I wish you would step up yes, off man, that reference. ledge. It might not work every time in a hostage situation. I, I think Jim Carrey <laughs> proved to everyone that that works every time. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, okay. That's what I've chosen to do is learn that song on the guitar and then when there's a when when those people on the CPR list are around, I'm just gonna play that. That, that sounds because even good. if the person dies, <laughs> let's say let's say the person's choking and I'm telling them to get off the ledge and it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. At least <laughs> at least when they die, at least that's the last thing that they would hear. 
is like that beautiful, beautiful third eye blind song. That would that'd be I guess okay. I mean they'd be they'd be listening to that and very confused why their friend Patrick isn't trying to help them at all. Mm-hmm. He just ran to get his guitar. No, it's like it's like well, okay. I just watched Toy Story three. Okay, remember in Toy Story three? Spoiler alert: <laughs> the toys are all going down into the fire, right? Yeah, and they all turn to each other. You know when you know when Slink turns to I can't remember the other character's name. Slink turns. He's the first one. He realizes we're going down. This is it. Yeah. There's no way out of this. And so he turns and he reaches his hand out. Slink reaches his hand out, grabs the other toy's hand. Mm-hmm. Then you start bawling your ass. Just start crying instantly. That's me. I'm like Slink. I'm like that. That's me. Like if you're dying on the floor, I'm just like, all right, we're we're doing this together. <laughs> We're going out. We're, we're doing this together. You're going to be the one dying, but I'll be really sad about it, I guess. <laughs> At least you can feel better about that. Yeah. <laughs> it's my job just to ease you in, just yeah. to ease you into death. That's my job. It's going to be really hard to sing that song when you're sobbing, though. So you might Yeah, wanna... but the emotion, there's going to be an emotional connection there that they're going to realize what's happening. That's true. I mean, the song will really come out with mm-hmm. a lot of feeling. So that'll yeah. be good at least. There's two songs that will comfort you in death. That one. Oh, anything by Third Eye Blind, right? Okay. Really. And then Photograph by Nickelback. <laughs> yeah, this world has been a rough world. <laughs> I can leave. I can leave knowing I don't have to hear that song ever again. Yes. <laughs> it just makes you happy. You see the tunnel and you're, you see the tunnel and you hear Nickelback behind you. Yes. You hear you hear photograph played behind you, and you're like, I'm, as soon as I make it through that tunnel, man, I don't have to hear that song ever yeah, again. Yeah, it's the definition of a better yeah. place. Unless unless you screwed up big time, Andy. Because then when you go to hell, it's the gonna be gonna it's be just gonna be all side. Nickelback and Papa Roach. She all terrible stuff. Yeah. So I mean, it's good all the stuff way. I listened to this morning, by the way. Really? Yeah. Yeah. You just, you have your playlist, right? Mm-hmm. It's like a Tuesday morning one. It's my yeah. It's my help. My preparation for hell playlist. <laughs> so it has uh, Limp Biscuit, Papa Roach, okay. Nickelback, yeah, Creed. You never know when hell's come is going to come knocking at your door. Mm-hmm. You got to be ready for it. Got to be ready. You got to have all the, the lyrics memorized. So yeah. when you get down there, you can sing along with the people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> with and just like Fred. you never know when hell's coming to get you, when when Doctor Death's going to come and get you. Uh huh. You also don't know when the developer is not going to build your design correctly. And therefore, you need to have strategies in place. <laughs> you need to have strategies in place, Andy, working agreements in place to help you resolve that situation. Yeah. And that's what today is about, is having working agreements, strategies in place yeah. uh, before the situation happens. That's very true. So how Be do you, prepared. How, how do you think you do that? You're, you're a new designer on a team. You need to figure out how they work together. But you also want to tell them, I want some, I want some working agreements. Mm-hmm. Do you call a meeting? Like... How do you how do you get that to happen? For me, the way it worked is we we here at Canopy we do retrospectives. Mm-hmm. So that's where we look back upon. We our look work. back upon our work. You know, we we release something. We all get together in a room and point fingers at each other, and yep. you know, <laughs> yeah, point fingers, yell at each other, yeah. throw some chairs. It's like um, twelve angry men and women. <laughs> yes, um, but uh, re- when you say retrospective, it's not where you dress up like the seventies <laughs> and talk about your work. That, you're that would be kind of great. I think that would be fun. It'd be a little costume party. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just dress up like you did two weeks ago. Yeah. And then come in <laughs> before you started the project. <laughs> um, I think I think as a brand new designer, if you're coming into a company, you get hired, brand new designer, you come in, 
and you're like, okay, hey, maybe, I, maybe I've been in another company. Maybe I haven't been at a company before. Maybe I'm just a junior designer and I yeah. come in. I think, I think what you should do is sit down with the development team and say, okay, how, how have you handled – how, how do you guys handle handoff? Yeah. What are the pros and cons of the handoff between mm-hmm. design and development? Uh, talk about what they want, what they like, take notes, whatever. And then and then from there, I would actually present them with some working agreements. Like go back and write them down and say, hey, yeah. when we're doing a handoff, um, I think we should have a UX review first or I think whatever. And then present them with, with ideas I love of, that. of to fix. That's what I would do. But I would talk to them first and be yeah. like, okay, how, how have you done it in the past? Whatever. And then what's worked, what didn't work, and then go back, reformulate some, and then mm-hmm. pitch it to them. Because if they haven't done anything like this before, they might actually, chances are they're going to say, like, they're going to talk about a pain they've experienced in the past with mm-hmm. a designer. Oh, this designer came to me after I, you know, spent all this time building it. And yeah. Said, like, oh, you need to change this and move this. Yeah. They might not want that. That jerk was always telling me to move pixels. Yeah. Like eight pixels I, I'm, I'm not a code monkey. I want to, mm-hmm. you know, do my thing. So, yeah. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's perfect. That's great. I think it's the perfect plan, Andy. I think we nailed it. <laughs> we, yeah, there's no other way. There's no there's no possible other way to, <laughs> to handle this. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Cool. Is that it? I think that's it. Is that I it, I think Andy? We, we put this to bed. I think the case is closed. The case is closed. We still need to get that gavel yeah. sound or get a real gavel. <laughs> get a real uh, judge hammer in here. Yeah, we should each get like, one. <laughs> yeah. Like that. Great. Now I'm gonna have to like tone that down because that'll be super loud. We, just, we have to start all over again. <clears throat> all right, rewind. Broke the whole episode. Start over. Um, yeah, if you guys, we talked about earlier. If you guys have topics uh, you want us to explore, we need some more. We have about 4,200 right now in the bank, <laughs> topic bank. <laughs> we like to get up that to like 5,300 is where we. That's that's, that's about where we that's feel comfortable. That's the magic number. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then we'd also like topics that aren't necessarily always from Allison Zubal. <laughs> that would help. So if you if you have topics you want us to explore on this podcast, the Design Much podcast, shoot us an email at topics at designmuch.org or on Twitter with hashtag designmuchtopics or anywhere else. You can do that on LinkedIn, right? You can do hashtags on LinkedIn, right? Yeah. Maybe do it on LinkedIn. You can do it there. We'll try to pull that yeah. up. Yeah. Uh, and if you want to attend, we, we're working on some Design Much workshops uh, coming up in the next few months. So if you're interested in any of those, just go to meetup.com slash workshops, And then uh, and when the events show up, you can, you can RSVP on those. And uh, Andy, one one tiny last thing would be uh, rate, us on a, rate us up on uh, iTunes. Yeah, give us, give us a good rating. Give us. We talked about this before. You either give us a good rating or a bad rating. Yeah, let yeah. us know why. If it if it's a five, let us know why it's good. If it's <clears> a one, let us know why it's bad. Mm-hmm. If it's somewhere in between, you don't have to let us know, but you can if you want. Yeah, if you want to give like if you want to give us a five, we we would prefer <clears throat> a higher rating, right? Obviously, a better rating. We hope that we're doing good. So if you want to give us a five, give us a five star, four star. Say, hey man, I like that these guys will sing to me when I die. That's gonna yeah. be great. <laughs> Or like you give us a one because you were totally offended by Andy's Nickelback comment, <laughs> disparaging Nickelback comment, then then let us know too. But uh, I think that's it, man. I don't think Nickelback's going to give us a good rating. No, nor should they. No, they shouldn't. I mean. We deserve that from yeah. them. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, uh, see, you. see you next week. <laughs>